name is Maurice Washington. I want to welcome everybody to another episode of Executive Talk. Those that are here live with us in our studio audience and also those who are watching us live. Thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your day to take, into an, uh, take in another episode of Executive Talk. Now in this episode, we're going to talk about, this is part of our leadership series that we have going on. Last week, we uh, started touching on the heart of leadership. Today, we're going to talk about something a little bit different. Because in leadership, it, this, it, takes, it consumes a lot, of your, a lot of your life. And as a business owner, when you deal with leadership, everything that you do has impact. And sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we remember it, but some, more, more times than not, we forget that. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. I feel like the Lord is actually having me talk about decision making. Everything that you do in your life has, has consequence. Everything that you do has a decision behind it, no matter what. So in this particular show, I am going to touch on a couple of different areas. I'm going to touch on personal, and I'm also going to talk on business, because you can't separate either one of them. You have to know that if you have a history of making those decisions in your personal, just because you're a business owner, business owner does not mean that all of a sudden, hey, I make great decisions now. It doesn't, it doesn't transfer, transfer over that way. So today, we're going to actually understand where decision-making really came from, how it, how it even evolved in your, in, into your life. And so let me go ahead and take you guys a journey. Are you guys ready to go with me? Yes. All right. You guys ready to go with me at home? You say yes. Okay, we're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so first and foremost, decision making. I want to take you to the scripture right here. Genesis 2, 15 through 7, 17. The Lord, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work on it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you're free to eat from any tree in the garden. Okay, let's go ahead and stop right there for a second. So imagine this. Think about the perspective of this particular scripture. That means anything in this garden. So from here to over there, to over there. He said, you're free to make decisions and you're free to walk. You'll have no shame. I'll walk with you. You're blessed. You're covered. Everything is all right up until this point. Now, take a look at the next part of this. But you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, for you will eat from it and you will certainly die. The, the, there was a command right there. Okay, and you got to we got to understand the impact of this. So he gave he gave man all this opportunity to walk freely and never feel shame. But he said that one tree over there, over there in the east, don't do anything with it. Don't touch it because you'll certainly you'll certainly die. So let's think about this. The enemy came along. And guess what? He didn't talk about where the Lord was blessing the man. He wanted to point towards the deception where, where, the, where the fall would happen. That's how the enemy works in your life. What decision will you make where the worst thing will happen to you? So he looked at that and said, Eve, look. Did God really say you must not eat from that tree in the garden, from any tree in the garden? Did he say that? And then Eve replied in the next two uh, scriptures right here. She was like, well, you know, you know, God said, I can't, we don't eat from any other tree. We can, she was communicating with the enemy at this particular time. But guess what the enemy was watching? Huh, you're giving me this whole story behind, behind this tree. So you're kind of actually a little bit uncertain about what you can and can't do. Hmm, that's interesting. So then he, he started laughing at Eve. 
and this is my rendition of this moment. You will, Eve, you will not certainly die. <laughs> Come on. You're going to just eat of that tree and then you're gone. You won't certainly die. Come on now. Check this out. The serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from the tree or eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. That's what he was really, that's what he really meant to say. So when they ate of that tree, when they made that decision, she ate of it. And guess what? Nothing happened. So I guess that lie was correct. Okay, it became it became a truth. Then, he, then she gave it to the man. He ate he ate from it and it nothing. They didn't physically die. So then all of a sudden, boom. This is the impact of a decision at that moment. Their eyes were open and they suddenly felt shame. At their nakedness. So then they've been walking in the garden naked. Everything's fine. They, they were in God's covering. They're in his blessing. But then all of a sudden, they felt shame of their, at their nakedness. So they sold fig leaves together to cover themselves. That's the impact of a decision. It happened in the very beginning of the fall. In the very beginning of the Bible, that's where the decisions actually started to be made. So you and, you and I in 2017, what we're dealing with is we're dealing with either, A, are you in the blessings or are you part of the fall? That's how all of our decisions actually look. And when we have to think about it, we have to think about every decision from that perspective. The enemy's first plot in your life is he wants your heart. Okay? So he wants God's out of the picture. So anything he tries to pursue into your life is to get God out of the way. Because what did he want in the, in the beginning? He wanted to be the Lord of your life, right? So as long as he can push God out of the way, and the only way he can do that is by you deciding to follow the lie. So once that decision is made, that's that's all he's looking to do is get isolation to your heart, which is you. So the base of every single decision that you make. So now that you guys understand that the base of every decision, whoever manages your decision is either the Lord or the enemy. You have to choose. If you don't know what, what's in the Bible, then you have to, you have to sometimes question, you have to question your, a lot of your decisions, where the base came from. Either way, it starts to become your truth. Okay? And what I mean by that is all your decisions, once you make the first step towards it, it becomes the truth. If you keep on walking towards that direction, you start to stand firm in that. That's how, that's, that's how decisions are made, and that's how decisions roll. Every single part of our lives. Now, has anybody had made a decision like two years ago that's still impacting them today by a show of hands? <laughs> now, think about it. Now, if you raise your hand, probably you're laughing like, oh, my goodness. I can't believe I made that decision. <laughs> if I had two years back, I would never did that. I would never did that. Have you ever felt some of that same pain from three years ago from a decision that you made? No? You've changed. <laughs> See, that's part of it. But some of that is sometimes you still feel that pain from a decision that you made years back. So that's the impact of what that means in standing firm in it. So here's what the enemy knows. 
he knows how a hardened heart works. And a hardened heart is a heart that's alienated from God. A heart that does not respond to God's word. So God said, no, you said, yes. That's a hardened heart. So Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. That's one of his favorite scriptures that goes along with decision making. Because guess what? So now that he understands that, that means everything I need to do for your life, I need to make it appear that it's right. Okay? So if you're not rooted with, with, with God, guess what? It might just seem to, to, it might just seem to be right. I don't know. But as soon as you start making that step towards it, it starts to be right. But guess what? But in the end, it leads to death. Now, that end can be, again, like we just did in that first example, it could be two years, two years ago. And when you still feel the pain of that, it left, it, you felt the death. Now, let's go ahead and what is death? Have you ever felt shame from one of your decisions? You're like, oh, my goodness. I hope nobody, <laughs> I hope nobody knows what I did because, wow. Okay. This shows up in your business often. This shows up in your life often. Okay, when we start making those decisions that appear to be right, but at the end it left to that death. Shame is not, a, is not an expression that you're supposed to have. In the garden before the fall, did you ever feel shame? The, no, not at all. Trust. In your decision-making, in your decision-making process, you have to be able to trust not only your environment, but you have to trust yourself that you're actually making the right next step. But if you can't trust yourself, then you become, you know, fearful of everything. Oh, no. No, no I'm not going to do that because uh, I, I don't trust myself. So you keep on, we, we blame others, right? But who don't we trust? Ourselves. That's what that looks like. Discernment, a.k.a. intuition. We all need that, you know. Guys say, you know, I had a gut feeling. I felt in my gut. <laughs> women say, I felt in my intuition. You know, I just felt in my heart. I just felt, it's the same thing. It's the same intuition. But we need that discernment. We need to be able to trust that discernment to say, and how many people have went above and beyond that discernment and said, no, it's okay, I'll do it anyway. And then all of a sudden something happened. Okay? That's decision making. Faith. We're justified in the, in the Bible, it says we're justified in this world through faith. So when you think about that, as long as your faith starts to be, starts to diminish, guess what? All your decisions have to, all the enemy's decisions that he tries to make for your life, it has to ruin your faith. That God, because you'll start to blame God. God, why would you actually send me through all this pain? I can't, I thought you, you know, when I went to church on Sunday, you said you love me. That's what the pastor said, but look at my life. Now you're blaming the creator. Pain, peace of mind. The fact that you, have you ever had a good day? Life is going good. You're hanging out with your friends and then all of a sudden you walk down and you see one of your past clients that you had a bad interaction with. And you're like, oh, I can't remember. I can't believe, I can't believe that if they would have just listened to you, everything would have been good and we would have never had that conflict and everything would have been fine. Right? <laughs> Seriously, that's what happens in, in your emotion, doesn't it? It just killed your peace of mind. You're stewing on it for the next three or four hours, and the next thing you know, okay, let me snap out of this. Let me, 
you wasted your time. There's no more peace of mind once you start making those bad decisions. Again, John 10, 10. You guys join me on this one. The enemy only comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Okay? Everybody has heard that over and over again. But we cannot minimize the impact of this particular scripture when it comes to decisions. The first, when it comes to destroy, he wants to destroy your time. Because sometimes, actually during repentance, sometimes the Lord will actually have you backtrack through that in order to come forward. Okay? So part of the, destru part of the destruction is on your time is to make a decision that you have to chase all the way through. And the next thing you know, and you, you open the, bio, the Bible finally. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to be doing that anyway. Holy cow. What else was I not supposed to do? Okay, that's what, that's what he wants to destroy. Now, the, the enemy, he seeks the hidden iniquity behind statements. How, how many people have heard, and you at home, how many people have heard <clears throat> that there's more to what you're saying than what you just said? Have you ever picked up the undercurrent? What is that? That's, that's what I'm talking about. What's behind what you just said? That's what the enemy focuses, focuses on. And that's the same thing the Lord focuses on. What is, what, what is the iniquity behind your statement? So here's a couple of business owner statements, and I'll, I'll show those to you in a second. But here's actually where we see a lot of business failure, because the majority of business ownership is not based on where the Lord wants them, but where a person feels most competent. So part of that destruction is, as long as I can uh, defeat your competence, you'll have nothing left over because you don't believe in God. You're just, you're depending on your competence. And if your competence starts to suffer, guess what? I can kill your heart. Here's decision drivers. Now this first one was me. <laughs> I don't want to work nine to five like my parents. You know, I was like, I was so evolved. And I was like, you know what? I'm the new generation of Washingtons and I'm not going to work nine to five like my parents. I'm not going to do that. Well, guess what? It worked. I'm working way <laughs> beyond nine to five. <laughs> but in that, in, initially, it started to wear me out because I would work seven days a week, no time off, cranky, and this, all this stuff, smiling, that pretend smile. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. But I'm tired. <laughs> that's, what's going, <laughs> that's what's going on with me during this time frame. Okay, until I gave my life back to the Lord, he helped me reschedule and settle down and get my life in order. I want to be wealthy. How many people have said that when they started their business or at some point in your life? Yeah, yeah, that's the easy one. But here's the back end of that. I'll do whatever it takes. The enemy's like, ooh, I got a good one here. I love that statement. I don't care about your wealthy. You'll do whatever it takes. That means I can send somebody else your way and whatever decision, because you want to be wealthy, guess what you'll do? You accept that agreement. And once you start agreeing, now you're, now you're in full blaze in that particular situation. Now life has already started to take, start to take over. So it's the capacity. That's what I want you guys to focus on is if you're saying these statements, it's the capacity, it's the heart behind the statements that creates the movement. Every decision you make manifests immediately. 
we have to understand, just like we had in that one scripture, at a moment. Okay? In a moment, what happened? <clears throat> they, they, their eyes were open. Okay? That's what happened in that scripture. So it happened, in the, manifest, the manifestation happened immediately. So whatever decision that you make in your life, good, bad, or indifferent, there's something that already happened. As soon as you make it a movement to it, it's already happened. Okay? The enemy's first move, remember how we showed in the earlier example? God's out the picture. Perfect. Now, the enemy is excited because he has isolation with your heart, and he can start making decisions for you. Here's how his decision cycle works. He wants to keep everything, all your decisions, earthly. I want to be wealthy. <laughs> is, that, is that God's first plan for you? <laughs> so he's going to make that in, in, iniquity behind your statements. He's going to actually start training your mind. Your heart trains your mind. Trains your mind. Okay? Whatever in, whatever's in a man's heart, so is he. That's where that, that's where that statement comes from. So as long as your heart is coming from a place of iniquity that you just want to be wealthy, all your mind is going to think about and try to create is what? Wealth. So every decision that you're making is based on this wealthy decision. You think you're evolved, but your heart has already started on wealth, on that statement. You made a decision, but guess what? You start to be far removed from that particular moment. That could be two years ago that you said that statement, but you're still operating off of that one decision. So this is the enemy's trail. He wants your heart towards the earth. He wants your mind towards the earth. So have you guys ever heard that statement, keep up with the Joneses? Yeah. You'll, go down your, you'll go down your street. Oh my goodness, did they get a new car? I guess I need a new car. I, need to, I guess I'm behind. I need to sell some more stuff, man. What, what's going on with our life? You, you, you know, you come home all cranky with your husband, wife. What's going on? We need, let's change the bathroom. Something needs to change. We need to keep, you see the Joneses down there. They got all kinds of money. What's going on with us? This business is slow. It sucks. Okay? That's what's going on inside, inside your mind. You, you walk into the house. Husband, wife is like, what's wrong with you? Nothing. We, just, we don't keep up with the Joneses. That's what's wrong with us. <laughs> That's how decisions start to impact our lives. And that's where the enemy wants us to have all our focus and keep all our riches here on earth. Think about it from this perspective. Did we come into this world with anything? Are we going to leave the world with anything? No. So the fact that we're, all of our loyalty is here on earth, we're already made a bad decision. That's how impactful this is. <clears throat> Idolatry. Okay? This is, a, this is a scripture right here. This is in the Ten Commandments, it's the first one. Um, no other false gods before me. So as long as the enemy can keep you in the place of idolatry, when you're in idolatry, that means you're the creator. Let me show you how that works. So that means um, impact, pro prosper. As soon as you set your mind on wealth and as soon as you make your first sale, something happens within you whether you know it or not. If you haven't been to church in a while, if you haven't opened up the Bible and you still made some money, you're like, guess what? I did. I, I guess I'm. I did this on my own, <laughs> right? Huh? Well, I guess you know I'm a good person, so I'm I'm nice to everybody. So of course God's already on me. I, he's 
I got God's grace. You know, I haven't opened up the Bible, but I got God's grace. So I'm cool. So I'll just keep on operating from this area because I'm good. I just made money. So he wants me. I know the Lord wants me to prosper. So I am. I'm already I'm already on the way. That's what gets you sold. That's what starts the movement. That's what starts the impact. Next phase. This is what the enemy wants. The maintenance. As soon as you run into that one client that's bad, it, doesn't, it actually doesn't even alarm you at this point because there's a statement here on earth that says, you know what? I'll just roll with the punches. It's part of business ownership. You know, win some, lose some, but guess what? I live to see another day. Now you're speaking survival. You're not even speaking life anymore. Think about that. That's maintenance. Enemy's like, wow, <laughs> you maintain the lie. Perfect. Phase three is compound decisions. Because now you're actually chasing your own word. See, God, the way that he works, he chases his word that's in the Bible. That's how he works in your life. When he chases his word, it goes through all the way to the, and you guys saw it in the beginning. But when you start chasing your own word, you have to, but I made that decision. Okay, that becomes your life. That's where people have bad time management because you're actually chasing all your decisions. And actually, some things are starting to be decided for you without even you moving. Because you've already made, made, made some decisions that have hurt a couple of people, and it starts to spread. And we'll talk about that in a second here. So let's talk about a couple of manifestation points. This is what the enemy wants. He wants you, all your bad decisions, to look shaky so when you come home. So when you come home and you talk to your husband and wife, how was your day? I had another bad client situation, um, but it's, everything's going to be all right. Do you realize that your husband and wife are like, oh, okay, honey. They're like, maybe this business owner thing doesn't work out for you. You should really try something. You're so stubborn. <laughs> you should really quit, please. But okay, I support you. Right? <laughs> so as soon as these arguments, so the next manifestation is now you have arguments. Okay, he's looking to separate that. Distrust. You know what? You do your business, whatever. Just don't tell me about your situations. I'll go over here. I'll take care of it. We're good. Distrust has already happened. But guess what? The kids are at home and they saw this. So guess what? Hey, don't talk to my mommy like that. Don't talk to my dad like that. So now they've actually lost respect for both parties. The enemies that infiltrated your house. Same thing with office. He wants to manifest that decision, your decision-making into the office. The workplace, your employees. He wants to say, you know what? My boss doesn't know what he's doing. Has anybody ever said that before? All right, I'm not going to bring that up right now. But that's, that's part of what he wants in the employees. He wants the employees to start to dishonor you so that way you have more turmoil in the office space. Bad client engagements, it stops your blessing. Let me show you. He needs you to have a bad reputation. Think about that. If I, took, if I met with her and I stole money from her, okay, I overcharged her and the, it didn't come through right, and I didn't know that she knew Serena over here, and I didn't know you knew everybody else in here, right? I didn't know that. But, you know, I, I won over here. I made a bad decision, and it just already... So what happens when they, they communicate? Oh, 
Maurice, <laughs> don't talk to him. Girl, save your life. Okay? But guess what? As soon as she already spreads, spreads out everything else to you guys, and I go and try to meet with, with you over here, Maggie, you're gonna, are you going to be happy to meet with me? No, as soon as you hear my name, red flags are going to go all up in your heart, all up in your mind. It stops my blessings. Okay, here's what the enemy knows. In Ecclesiastes, a good name is better than fine perfume. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it says in the scripture. When I saw that, I was like, wow. That's, but that, that's interesting. That talks about the impact of your name. As soon as you hear the name, but I've made too many bad decisions with clients, it already start, the, my name is already starting to precede me. Okay, Matthew 17 or Matthew 7, 15 through 20. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad, bad fruit. So if the enemy, of course, he wants you to bear bad fruit. So everything that you do is bearing bad fruit. That means you're leaving a lot of negative impact around the around the around the area. <clears throat> How do we get through this? Repentance. Part of this is actually healing. We actually need to be healed from our decision-making process. We need to come all the way back to the life where the garden, where God made actually every decision for us. We just follow what he says. And now it sounds easier said than done because think about it as time. If you've been alienated from Christ for 45 years, let's say, and then all of a sudden you're going to change tomorrow and change courses. No, it's like, what was that? I, yeah. It's a brand new experience. Okay, so become the creation versus the creator. How many people are in here are adults? Now, you guys, <laughs> of course, the camera guy's like, yeah, I am, I am. <laughs> that was a trick question. In the Bible, how many of us are adults? None. None. We're all children. That's our position that we need to be in. You can be 80 years old, and you're still a child of God. You're a child of God. So as soon as we operate in adulthood with God, we're actually out of line. We're children. So that's how you can start to be obedient to what he's saying and follow his decisions. You have to be able to handle the truth. This is a huge one. You have to be able to handle that truth. Numbers 23:19 is this is the most impactful verse for here. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent, meaning like us, we got to repent. He has said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? This is a reminder that even in the garden, he was like, when, once he created something, he said, that is very good. Okay, he will make it good. But we have to get back to that place where we have trust in him so that our businesses and our lives and everything, everything that we do will flourish and will be blessed. But it all comes from the word as to where that decision-making process will be. Now, I want to thank you guys. I know this probably have you, had, had you guys thinking quite a bit about decisions that you made either today, <laughs> but hopefully going forward, you can actually start making some decisions that relate to the Bible that's going to help you truly flourish. Because God does have a plan for you. It's in Jeremiah. He does have a focus for you, but you have to trust it. 
I want everybody to continuously join our conversation. Our leadership conversation is going to happen next week. Join us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and everything else on social media. But in the meantime, I actually have to get back to work. You guys have a good day. Bye-bye.